for being here. Tonight we continue our discussion with Ojibwe couple Craig and Jennifer Breen, get into some of their experiences and native cultural beliefs about werewolves, wendigos, skinwalkers, little people, you name it. We got a lot to unpack and a lot to talk about, so let's get right into it. Now, speaking of the little people, in your culture, are they normal? You said they're normally just mischievous and kind of jokestery. Are there, is there any instance where like things can turn more nefarious, or like if you get on their bad side, to where like they, they turn a little bit more uh, vindictive in a way? I think I'm more like Tony, in other words. Yeah, yeah, just just trying to embody me, I guess, huh? I, I think so. I think I think that's where the bad luck, as we say, comes into um, your life. It's like they. If you get on their bad side or whatever, they can make your life uh, miserable. Yeah, I, I just find it interesting because like there's a lot of stories of little people all, all over the world. But uh, one thing I kind of find that is like uh, in certain cultures where they have like a very hands-off approach to them to where it's don't touch them, don't talk to them, don't feed them, don't take anything, don't drink what they have, don't even mess with them. Yeah, that's that's the best way. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, I, I think not that's to where... interfere in their lives because they will definitely get comfortable with yours. Yeah, I think that where it comes from, like a lot of um, I think that's uh, a lot of stories and a lot of culture where we are taught to not mess with that. Like that's why they're nighttime stories. That's why they're told to keep kids in you know so kids can behave and adults like i like a lot of the stories that my mom told me i still follow and i still believe and um it comes to be a you know a crosshair between me and craig because he wants to look and i'm like maybe we shouldn't um but i think uh generationally we have learned that we shouldn't mess with that. Yes. So we try not to. And like I said, I get a little bucky sometimes, so I might kind yeah, of. And, and she's new to these kind of experiences. So after my first encounter in 2003, I I looked for what I thought was one single werewolf, which now I know is, is uh, there's a lot more of them. It's... It's a whole civilization that's been living under us yeah. uh, for a long time. Yeah. And, and their their secrecy is the most important thing to them. But our people and our people generationally and across cultures tell these stories so we know not to play with them. Yes. Yeah. Their, their story, their warnings, they're like, you know, you don't believe them until you see it, you know? Oh, yeah. Nobody's going to believe it. Nobody. Even my own family doubt it, even though they they believe me. You know, it's just seeing is believing for a lot of people. I think that's most people. They don't want to believe unless they see it. Yes. And even then, they'll try to rationalize it away. Yes. Yeah. And they'll, they'll say something else. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit into your your head as a, a real creature. Destroys your paradigm. Just like everyone's an atheist until the plane hits turbulence. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. And they start praying to a god they didn't even know existed or didn't believe existed. And, and the uh, and the, um, the the sense of dread that they they put out when they're around. It is is incredible i've never uh felt that only around them or um one time when i when i got into a rollover uh i thought i was gonna die um that's the only times i've ever felt that feeling uh when i was gonna die when i thought i'm on the menu maybe yeah a lot of people report that feeling of dread and terror and, and before an encounter and then after an encounter, it's hard to shake and they won't necessarily see the creature again, but they'll, they'll, they'll feel its presence. Like that happened to me. I felt the presence of it many times. Yeah. And I think that, yeah. I think that level of fear actually goes beyond natural human emotion. I think that 
it's almost like uh, it's an energy that that's emanating from these creatures that that is then projected onto the people who encounter them. That was actually going to be my next question. Was um, yeah, because I believe that they're these things are doing it intentionally, where like they're able to project whether this energy, whatever it is. But I wonder if it's is it like their emotions or. Or is it like their bloodlust or, or, you know, or is this something they do subconsciously where they have like this predator mindset that they have in their head? So it forces them to just constantly have like that very dangerous sense of being around themselves because, you know, you hear those stories or you'll talk to people and they say how they've met uh, veterans or, or people who've done or, or experienced a lot of trauma and there's like this sense around them they're like there's something off about them or there's just something different about them as a person or, or you'll hear those stories of a world war ii vets coming back and like their eyes they're the, they call them like a veteran's eyes because they're just very cold and and, and they're very yeah, like lifeless vietnam iraq they, a thousand yards stare. yeah a thousand yards stare you know and, and do you think like maybe it's something similar to that to where it's in, like inherit in them to where like they just have that kind of off-putting presence. I, I think it's even more than that. I think it's like uh, they they get a, uh, more of a buzz out of your blood mm-hmm. if you're scared. The adrenaline. If they can get you uh, to the point where you're just losing your mind and then eat you. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it's a form of seasoning. I, I really do. I mean, I've heard this before. Like a meat tenderizer. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's why we try to kill animals humanely as possible because that fear can is actually does. It has been proven to taste up in meat. Yeah. Yeah. It. it they might like the taste of the meat when it's seasoned with the with the testosterone or whatever. The adrenaline. But, this kind of scary thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what I think. Uh, they do that for. And because they, you know, uh, once you've already seen one, that they've been watching you for a while already. Um, you don't just see one; they're they're already there. They've already been watching you, and it's you know they could have already killed you, pretty much. We don't just uh, uh stumble upon them, you know. Yeah, I think that um, they notice you way before. You yeah, like them. if you're seeing one of these things, it's allowed it to happen. They either see you as a threat or, or you know, food, but usually they're like, they know better not to mess with humans because there's evidence if you do. And and, and the, these creatures, you believe that, that they are they were there long before your people showed up there on the reservation? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's nothing in the Ojibwe legends or, or creation stories about these creatures? It actually seems to have started uh, when the British arrived, or the French. Yeah, because th- that would make sense. Ojibwe is in Canada, and of course, the area where, where, where you guys were from, there was a lot of French influence up in yes. Canada. So that's where the, the, that's why you guys call it the Rougarou. Yeah, because that that would make sense. That's strictly French, right there. The Lougarou, Rougarou. Yes. That's uh, French. Are you hear that? Louisiana normally. Yeah. Well, they ended up in Louisiana because of the area that French they were quarter. in. Yeah, the, Fr- the French got driven out in a, in a battle with the, the Scottish in Nova Scotia. So and if you think about like um, U.S. history and probably Canadian history, there's not a whole lot of, um, we'll say, backstory or um, original story from what happened because when – Manifest Destiny happened, and our people were taken and stolen and put into, like, um, boarding schools. A lot of our history disappeared. Mm -hmm. So what we have left is the little bits of history that we have from, like, um, the French history, like the Rougarou. That's what it's called now. That's what we have. That's all we know, because everything that we had before that, was eradicated because we weren't allowed to talk about it. Yeah. Assimilation. All of that, yes, because all of that ended up disappearing because it wasn't anything that we were supposed to talk about. Um, 
So now, like, we talk about the burger, and it only happens during Lent. That's a Christian value. That's a Catholic value that yes, happened yes. when our people, like, our reservation was and, and I believe, dominated and I by... Believe that, that coincides with after hunting season. After yeah. hunting season is Lent, and that's whenever these things are around. They're, they know there's no guns out there. They know they can hunt without being shot. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, one of the things that uh, I talked to uh, my uncle, I said, did, did my grandpa or any of your elders ever uh, talk about the dogmen or werewolves or anything like that? He said, the only thing that I know is the Wendigo. He said, the Wendigo is something that our tribe believed in, that were around, that were taking our people. Did the Wendigo that you were presented with as, as a young person, I mean, did, when you were told about it, did it resemble a werewolf in any way? In a way. The Wendigo can be whatever it wants to be. Yeah. They pretty yeah, in a way, yes. Yes, it did. So, so, so these creatures could be the legends of Wendigo for your people. They could be. Because it seems to be like between the Wendigo, the Bigfoot, the Dogman, and the Crawler, it's almost like the lines get blurred of what's what. Because yes. I've had people tell me that Crawlers can turn into Bigfoot. And we've got, and in fact, we're going to do a show about Crawlers turning into different creatures. And, we had a guy come on our show. It was pretty interesting. He was a. Uh, we found him from a hunting group, like you know, like where they go hunting and exploring. And it was one of our members that was in that group, and he met that guy and he sent him our way. But he he saw a hog or uh, like a pig type creature turn into a man. Oh, that looked like a camper. Now he was on our live stream. You don't remember that, Tony? This sounds familiar, but Jeez. like he was on our live stream. Like Anthony brought it up a couple episodes ago. We were talking to somebody about it, and he brought it up. It was a shapeshifter type thing, and that's our next episode on Tuesday is going to be about shapeshifters and about different abilities that these creatures have. One of the things I've heard, too, is that they have like like really, really, really expert hearing and, and smell, um, but I, I think these creatures have amazing eyesight, too, which kind of gets overlooked. It's like taken for granted, but I think it's to the point where the way that they smell us, they smell the fear. I think that they smell all of that on us and they could sense it and it's in a, it's on a different level. Their senses are heightened and I think that their hearing is like really good. And I think that the, the crawler uses vibration too. Like I've heard a lot of stories like that. Um, I don't know. I think that their, their eyesight, some of these crawlers, I've gotten stories of where their eyesight is like not real good. Like they'll climb up a tree and the person stays perfectly still and they don't see it. Which is, that's a story that I'm going to tell on Tuesday. It was a girl that told us that story. Her name was Wendy, but I thought it was pretty. It was pretty intense. And when she was a child, some one of these things crawled up there. But what happened on their property was really crazy because they they were they saw these things turning into like Bigfoot type creatures, which just I don't know. It was like they were like caterpillars turning into butterfly or something. And then they would see the, the Bigfoot and they would just be walking around. But uh, who knows? I mean, I know that uh, Jerry and Ella Williams, the the Choctaw, they were saying that the, these creatures eat humans and then they become Bigfoot. Mm. Like in a nutshell, that's kind of what, and if they eat like canines, then they become wolves, you know. I don't know. What do you guys think of that? I think it's uh, pretty plausible because they need the DNA from an animal um, to take that animal's form. Yeah. It's like uh, you know, skinwalkers, I've heard, carry the teeth or the claw of the animal they want to change into mm -hmm. around their neck. And uh, that's that's something that would have DNA or whatever in it. You know. Or a skin, they'd put on the skin. Yeah. Yes. Another story I'm going to talk about is uh, this one came out of Johannesburg, uh, South Africa, and it was a... A guy that went over there, he was a Belgian. I've known him for years. He's a friend of mine, a friend of mine, and he was from Belgium originally, but he went there uh, to do some security work because, of course, it was the carjacking capital of the world, and so he's ex-military, and he's like, I went over there to do a job, and he told me about it, and he was saying that 
he watched two guys <clears throat> walk into a warehouse when they went into the warehouse. What was he was confronted by was hyena looking creatures on their on all fours, but they stood up on their hind legs and moved around like men. And um yeah, he he unloaded like an entire magazine at them, but it they just disappeared into the wall like like not not through the wall, but there was something. Anyway, I'll talk about that on Tuesday. But yeah, it's it's crazy though when you when you, and that by the time this is this episode airs, it'll have already been out already. So, but uh, yeah, it's crazy when you stop and you think about all these. I've been sitting here just kind of listening to the discussion between you and my nephews, and I was going to ask you a couple questions about these creatures. Can you give me a description? Like you said, that looked like the American werewolf in London. Like. Can you give me a description of some of these things? Like, did they all look that way? Or were there different different looks? Or um, the first one, um, I I could kind of tell that it was old, um, and it it was a lot bigger than the ones we've seen lately. Uh, like the pack, uh, the pack was like uh, I'd say like a big timber uh, wolf, all black, but totally jet black with like manes, manes on their, their necks, um, and very muscular, um, uh, front legs or arms. And, uh, they didn't stand up, but you could just tell from their chest and the way they lifted their heads up above the light that they were pretty muscular. So, uh, yeah, it was... It was just like, they were just like giant wolves, the ones I've seen. And this thing that you saw, um, well, let me, let, let me finish with the description of the, of these creatures. Now, and how, you've seen them, what, four times? Yes. Four times. Yes. That's yeah, what I thought I counted. And, but, but not every time it was the same, right? It was like two times they looked the same, but then the other two times they were different? Yes. Okay. Yes. Like the, the one that was creeping out of the uh, cattails uh, didn't seem to have a, a muzzle on it, but it was like jet black and it did have ears because I seen the ears uh, pointed back with like tuffles on them. That's what I, I was like, what the hell kind of animal is that? And as soon as I seen it and pointed at it, it just back crawled back right into the cattails, and it had the uh, yellow eye shine. When you saw the 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 third and fourth creatures, and were, were those two? Did they look the same as the other two? The first two? Well, the ones we we both seen together when uh, she brought me to the area and said, "Let's see them." Uh, that one. Oh, that one looked a lot different. It, uh, I thought it had like reddish hair, but I don't know. She she got a better look at it. I got a look at it as we passed it, and it turned its head towards towards us. But she's seen it like on the driver's side, fully eating some animals. I'm not sure what what color it was. So for me, like when I've seen them, they've been more like um. Have you ever watched the never ending story? Yeah, yeah. So at the end or like when they're seeing like when all they're seeing that wolf creature and he's in the cave and he's like Arr. the nothing or whatever it's called. Yeah. That's what it looks like for me. Like that's what I've seen and I've seen it twice. I saw it when we were cruising and I seen it one more time when we were when we were cruising a back road. And I saw it. So it looks like a big, giant wolf to me. And it's normally dark, like super black, fast, huge. That's yeah, I, what I, I see. I forgot about the time in between. We were taking a picture uh, at sunset well, up on 43, which is really close to the Canadian border. And uh, these geese, as soon as we snapped the picture... These geese like take off like towards the middle of the uh, the pond, a lake, and they're they're like walking, like quack, 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 you know. And I was like, oh, we, we must have messed up their day or something, you know, trying to take a picture here, you know. I was joking around. 
next thing you know, we jump in the car and we're driving out and we've seen what scared the geese away. It, it was, I'd say, I don't know. It didn't uh, move like a cat. It didn't move like a wolf. It was all black. It was black and it was huge. And we don't have... It was during the day. I mean, just before. Yeah, we don't have a lot of animals that look like that. Just ran right across the road in front of us. And as soon as it got into this reed, trees across the the road, it just disappeared. Because we stopped to try to see it. It kind of blacked in, like it felt like it backed into the trees. Yeah, and it was gone. It was just like, yeah. But that's what I've seen. Like it's just a big, giant black. I I forgot all about the time I've seen it. Like in broad daylight. Um, that's fast and huge and not anything that we're supposed to have around here. So this thing, they they move incredibly fast. Yes. Yeah. So that that's why they're able to cover such long distances, and it's said that the skinwalker can do that too. Like they, they I've, I've heard stories of somebody claiming that. Well, I don't know. This person claimed they were threatened by a skinwalker. They lived in Arizona, and the person that threatened them was supposedly in New Mexico, and that person was at their doorstep, you know, within a couple of hours, and we're talking like it was two hundred miles. So even in a car, oh, they wouldn't man. have been able to make that distance. So I, I, it, it didn't happen instantaneously like demons can supposedly just instantaneously teleport to you. Yeah, This was like this person had to have traveled, but there's no vehicle that they could have done or tra- jumped on a plane. And that person was like trying to tell her that he was a skinwalker. And it was a threat to this woman named Teresa. And she she gave us permission to use her name. But I mean, I, I don't I don't see the point of it. But. Her name is Teresa, but she lived in Sedona, which I know is a weird place. But the person that was threatening her was like 200 miles away in New Mexico. And it was her friend's best friend. uh, And he supposedly had some sort of power. And he's like, you don't know what you're messing with. He's a skinwalker. And she's like, whatever. And then he showed up in her yard. Like within, you know, a couple of hours, he was there. Like, how does that happen? Like she said, it was like 230 miles away. Wow. Like, that's really hard to imagine. Like, that's hard to fathom. They move so fast that, uh, especially with the underground tunnel systems, mm-hmm. uh, they they can travel anywhere they want around the world. And really, you can't mess with, like, um, magic or culture like that. You don't know. Yeah. But Who knows? We're, like, so in the dark about uh, the supernatural. It's really nice that you have a, a show that uh, that gives information about this stuff. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I mean, so many people we we get attacked a lot, and, and people have asked me before. You know, they're like, "Why, why does it happen?" And I'm like, I just I think that when you get closer to the truth, the darkness doesn't like it. I just I really I tell people that I tell them all the time. I mean, I think it's constant spiritual warfare. And, and I'm not making excuses, you know, for, for whatever I, I don't, you know, there's people that they, their whole lives revolve around attacking us. And you're like, why? I mean, the only thing I can think of is there's jealousy and then there's, you know, cause envy is a big deal. But I mean, I think that a lot of these people are, are evil. <laughs> there's just no other way around it. I mean, they, they can't help themselves when they come into contact with us. They just go b- berserk because, Something, and I don't think it's just them. I think what it is is something is put pulling their strings and getting them to do this because if they can shut people down that, that are giving people like you guys, giving you a platform to speak about these things, it, 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 it disrupts what they're trying to do. And so the deeper we go and the longer we go with this, it just seems like we're under more and more attack, under more and more duress. And some of these people come out of left field. I mean, like you go to these like sites, like, of course, the, you know, I'm not going to give them any any credit, but there's this trash pit site that everybody knows about. And you can just go on there and type in our, our name of our show or just type in my name and they're attacking me. They're attacking Anthony and Tony here. They attack my wife. They attack everybody that's associated with us and, and they have just nothing better to do. I mean, it's like I don't have time in my, in my life to go to this site and just, <laughs> talk, you know, talk bad about some a person that does a podcast, but these people do. And 
We don't know these people. Most of them, we've never even met or done anything to them. They just don't like us, and and they and they don't have a really good reason. There's like a million reasons, but not really one solid reason. It's just because they don't like us. And um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a nonstop disco with these people. Yeah, I think a lot of them are actually under malevolent spiritual influence, and they don't even realize it. They'll believe completely and entirely that they are in the right. They'll just pull out all the stops and do everything they can and go full throttle forward and in attack mode. And they really don't even know why they like, they don't know the real reason why or what, what kind of influence that they're under. Some of them claim to be Christians and that we're not Christian enough. And I don't think they're very Christian with the things they say. And then other, others are atheists and they don't like that we're Christian. And it's just like, what do you, what is it? You know, <laughs> Take your pick. I mean, they got so many reasons why they don't like us. When when we did one show, I'll tell you guys something. We did a show. Uh, it was called was it the Black Hell? No, not the Black Hellhounds. It was called uh, uh, Wolfmen, Texas Wolfmen. Yeah, Texas Wolfmen. When we did that show, we got death threats. I'm talking like two or three different times. Somebody messaged us with different uh, email addresses, and they asked. Uh, first, they asked us. They said, "Can you please stop talking about these things because it's very bad for you." And I'm like, okay, uh, no, I'm not. And then the next one was like, they kind of stepped it up and they said, you know, yeah, you keep on talking about this stuff and uh, something's going to happen. And then another one came in and they said, oh, you know, we've been around for a long time and you need to stop talking about this stuff. Uh, these were humans. Uh, obviously, they were typing, you know, unless there's some kind of alien. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know what the, what, you know, but they were referring to themselves as these black uh, wolves, these, these, uh, yeah, and and I'm just like, what? What in the heck are these people? You know, like, I didn't get that from, and I had it one other time, but I didn't get that from a lot of the other shows. But that one in particular, you know, and one guy, he goes, "I've been listening to everything you've been saying since the beginning of your, you know, start at, at this other show, you know." And he's like, "And if you keep on something, you know, I'm, I'm just telling you right now." He goes, "I like you. I don't think you're a bad guy. You're an honest guy, but something bad's going to happen to you." And I'm like, "Are you threatening me?" And he's like, "No, not from me." He's like, but these other forces, they're out there. They, they, I know that they're looking at you. And that person claimed that they worked for some kind of government agency, but they didn't give me any coordinates or anything. Like they didn't say who they were, what they were. And they just said that we've been monitoring you. And, and basically just kind of like I, I took it and Anthony and Tony both took it as like a joke, like, a, like take it with a grain of salt. But it was weird though, because he was acting very friendly, but he was also giving me the advice that I needed to scale it back or tone it down and definitely to stop talking about the situation over there where I'm from. And I was just like, okay. Um, and that person actually reached out to me one other time. And I just, I don't know, at the time it kind of spooked us a little bit, at least me, because they knew quite a bit, you know, and I, I'm wondering if it was somebody that maybe was messing with me that I went to school with or something. We were trying to figure it out. But ultimately, it could actually be just what they said they were. They could say, look, we were we were watching you and I don't think you're a bad person, but something bad's going to happen to you if you keep talking about this stuff. And uh, here we are still. It's like, what, two years later? Yeah. I mean, from that from that point, I think it was two, two or three years ago, and we're still doing what we do. We get weird. We get weird emails every now and then, though. People saying weird stuff, you know, but not like that. A big part of it too is just the fact that we try to bring as many different perspectives and ideas onto our show as possible, and you know, a lot of them are are are, are very different from one another. And you know, people will be like, "Oh, well, they believe all this crazy stuff. They believe this, this, and that, and blah blah blah." It's like, you know, just because you you may not agree with or even understand certain perspectives or ideas. That doesn't mean those ideas don't deserve a platform as well, because people have to make up their own minds about these things, and they have to they have to have access to as many different beliefs as possible, so that, that they can try and navigate their way through exactly what it is they're dealing with. And, you know, especially people like yourselves who who have experienced these uh, this phenomena firsthand. You know, it's, it's a traumatizing, it's a life changing thing. You know, there is no going back from it. Craig, I got a question for you. You had claimed to have had a Bigfoot encounter too. Like, uh, can you explain that to us? I seen this thing walking um, on a hill. That okay? It was it was like three times the size of a tree. So I was like, I got the wife to stop. I was like, check this thing out. Uh, I just seen this thing walking. Let's start recording it. And uh, it stops and just 
it, it kind of puts its arms down and tries to look like a tree. And we, we stopped and, and we turned around and we put our lights on, brights on it, honked at it, yelled at it. It wouldn't move. And I got, I got a few pictures of it, but, uh, to, yeah, we, we just got out of the area after a while because we thought, hell, we're just messing with this thing, you know, uh, and it doesn't want to be messed with. After the rock situation, we figured, uh, you know, why, we, why, why provoke them? Yeah. Better safe than sorry. So tell us about the rock situation because you told us off, off air, but you didn't tell us on the show. I usually don't do this, but I, I emptied my cigarette uh, ashtray out the window of this area by the lake where we usually um, kick back, watch the sunset. And uh, as we're driving out, something threw a, a big rock uh, right out from the tree trees. And it, uh, it hit like the column in between your front window and your side window. And it, and it, it, it just like, well, at first we thought maybe a kid, but no, it was too big of a rock. And straight out of the trees, we, we just stopped for a second and we just, we got out of the area because it was just too crazy of a thing to happen. You know, we couldn't figure out what, what would be able to throw a rock like that. And we actually didn't realized there was Bigfoot in the area until we had started seeing the dogmen. And that's when um, I talked to a few elders and they said, yeah, the there there had been um, Bigfoot in the area for a long time. They marked the territory by uh, pulling trees out from the roots and putting them upside down. And uh, that's the area you're supposed to not hunt in. So that that's pretty much all they, they told me about them. And uh, after that, I was like, God, this this has got to be what's protecting the lakes, maybe even protecting um, the reservation, you know, from whatever uh, creatures there are, like the Wendigo, you know, or the Dogmen, but. Dogmen seem to just uh, stick to their their prey animal, like deer or moose or other animals we have in the area. It seems like they just stick to their natural um, prey. So you, so you don't feel like Bigfoot's like a threatening creature at all? In our area? No. If you, if you um, litter or try to mess up, uh, I'd say... Uh, cut down some trees. Yeah, yeah, he would be aggressive. It's funny. You, uh, you, you, she said no. She said yeah right away. Like w- women tend to have a more of an ambivalent, like like whereas men sometimes have some aggressive encounters with Bigfoot. Unless a woman has had a specifically aggressive encounter with a Bigfoot, then they always tend to kind of think that they're benign. Yeah. Well, we're taught to, and because I know the rock was not thrown at. At her, but me for littering. Yeah, we're taught to respect the creatures that are around us. And yes, but wouldn't that be respecting the dog man too, though? <laughs> if you had to respect the yeah, yeah. Oh, I I wish I could uh, get a good relationship with them. Uh, I don't know how to do that, but yeah, I don't either. I've never heard. But, but, well, so they're alive. They but... seem to be um, very intelligent. They already know their agenda, and you're not part of their world. We'd never survive in their world. No, not at all. What do you What do you think, though, about the reports? Because we get lots of reports of them being aggressive and doing things that aren't aren't uh, very nice. Not all of them. We get stories that aren't. But what do you think about that? The stories that you get, like, because I mean, I've heard of Dogman and Bigfoot on the same property, and both of them are just equally nasty. This. Uh, particular dog man that targeted us uh, was trying to get my my son to come outside, trying to get my dog to come play, and trying to bait me outside. So they're, they're pretty smart, and they're pretty 
dangerous. How did they try to bait you outside? Tell tell us that. It, it had my dog hiding under the picnic table from it. And uh, when my, my wife heard weird growling noises and the dog like kind of whimpering out there, she sent me out to go to go check on. So when I did, this was after all of our encounters and after we had, I don't know, luckily I say, oh, got home safe, that it showed up there. And it definitely tried to get near the dog to confront it. So it was trying to kill your dog? Or me. Or to get you to come outside so it could kill you. Because the window was wide open. Our back window is like right you know, where, where this happened. Um, it was probably watching us watch TV or whatever from our tree back there. And once it did enough growling, it, it got my wife um, irritated or whatever to where she's like, go check that out. Go check on the dog. You know, otherwise, it, it would just scared my dog all night until killed it, maybe. I don't know. But I, I went out and I let him off the chain. And because I heard something in the tree, when I did, it, it did not go for it. it. It went right to the house, let itself in the door because we have one of those door handles that will let him in. You know, he just takes the spot and lets himself. He got in. Ditch me, and I'm like in the backyard. Yeah, we just did. So I'm pretty sure it, it made me out there. Yeah, because if it wanted to kill your dog, if, if if the dog was a target, yeah. then it would have, you know, taken it. Yes, yes, they used my dog to bring me out. Yeah, it definitely shows a, a, an advanced level um, of intelligence, comparatively speaking, to other wildlife. Yeah, and it, it, it probably didn't think I was going to yell as loud as I did. Pretty sure you could hear me through the whole town. Um, when, I yelled, when I yelled, Sabe, you know, for my my dog, I was like, I, I yelled so loud. It just, then after that, all I could hear is the, it crunching into the tree, like, like a big crunch. And it just like kind of tore half the tree apart. And that whole area is all dead. Where it was standing underneath, you know, it's all dead there still. And all the vegetation, all the vegetation just in that area that it was is all dead. Oh, wow. And now, for and now, even though it, it snowed here for like almost a week, that tree has green leaves still. The only tree in town actually that still has leaves. So it's really weird. Yeah, I think that both of these, uh, whether it's a Bigfoot or a Dogman or, I mean, pretty much any uh, cryptid out there, I think they're all going to be hyper-territorial. You know, if you're on their home turf, they're not going to want you there and they're going to do whatever it takes to get to get rid of you, to remove you from their, from their territory. But it seems like it, in y'all's experience that the uh, Dogman werewolf creature was... A lot more vindictive because it came straight to y'all's, came straight to where you live. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. And I, and I think a lot of people see them, but they just pass it off as um, maybe a shadow or maybe a, maybe another animal or something, you know, or they just, they just can't comprehend it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we've also gotten reports of both of the, uh, of both Bigfoot and Dogman uh, using these, uh, cloaking abilities people will report that they see that, that the way it looks is uh if you've seen the that movie the predator the way you can kind of see like it's transparent but you can still kind of see like the light bending around it yeah these things are out there a lot more than what people than what people realize they're actually in the presence of them a lot more commonly but they're just they have they're completely oblivious to it one of one of my theories is that they use the uh migration uh, of the animals uh, when they're moving through uh, certain areas. Mm -hmm. uh, like, like our deer, we're in the hundreds around the reservation and now maybe there's maybe there's 30 left after the dogmen have come through. And 
uh, I think they just they wait and they travel all around maybe the U.S. maybe around the world. Who knows? But you know, using the underground system where you where you don't have to cross oceans or borders, um, you can hunt seasonally everywhere. The whole Earth is a buffet if if you follow the migration. Yeah, I think that makes sense because whether these cryptids are, are just flesh and blood or whether they're both flesh and blood and, and metaphysical, regardless, when they exist in a physical form, they still have to eat. They still have to, to they still have to follow the rules of our physical world. Yes, and that's why I believe I believe in their physical uh, uh, aspect because they need fresh water. Uh They've only been spotted around here, uh, around our, our our spring water, our our fresh spring. That's where we've seen them, and I've known they they need food, they need fresh water to survive. So I know that's how we can kill them. I think one of the things too, people they don't they they, they lose sight of the fact that these things, when they come into our world, they have to, like we said earlier, they have to to become more physical and you know they do need to eat and drink and do things but you're right about killing them at least taking their corporeal body but the spirit is still there i mean it's it's evil yeah so um when i when i reached out to like uh these groups these dog band groups uh for help uh, uh they get out for me ways to uh like they told me, wash my car after I I've been in contact with them um, to carry uh, bear mace, carry sound um, devices, very loud sound devices, uh, stuff like that. But they they didn't tell me how to how to keep them away. And if, if there's any way uh, or like a scent thing, uh, you guys know about. I've heard something like uh, farmers spray their land and um, to keep them away. Have you guys heard this? There's been different techniques that people have said to me um, about how to keep them uh, at bay. And, and one guy actually said that they have, he told us this, he's from India or Iowa. He said that they abhor the smell of a skunk and they literally will like not come on the property. Um, that he witnessed once getting sprayed and running off from it. So I don't know. I've heard that their sense of smell is heightened even more powerful than a dog's or a wolf's. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've heard that before. Like the, different people have said things about that. You know, it's just different different uh, stories you've gotten from different people. I know that I got a story out of Puerto Rico. These people work in a sugarcane field, and these creatures were coming around. And one of the things they did – that actually kept them out. They have these like uh, vocalizations that they used of cats, uh-huh. of just like real loud, just screeching and loud in the fields, and oh. it kept them out. But they were seeing weird stuff. Like uh, that was when I was working with Vic, I, and we, me and him, both talked about this, and it was a story that I had gotten, and we went over it, you know. And before I told it on the show, but it was, I believe it was on his show, and and the, and and then later on, I know you probably remember. Tony, you and me and Armando talked briefly about that. Story. Yeah, that's um, the, the cat thing made made it sound familiar. Yeah, they use the sounds of cats, and they and they use the sounds of donkeys braying. You know, donkeys braying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they mix them together, and it seemed, but it was so bad for the workers. Anyone to hear that? Shit I was going to say that that's got to keep anyone and anything <laughs> you know, away. No one wants to hear that all day. I'd be like, okay, maybe the dog man's an alternative here. Maybe he'll just get you know. One of our friends over here, and I'll live, you know. But uh, yeah, what you got to do is get your get yourself a recording of Ben Stein uh, giving a lecture. <laughs> It'll put, in the, put put the creature to sleep. He's yeah, like Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> so, yeah, and and I mean, um, I'm ashamed to say that though. But uh, when I first seen this thing, I I was so obsessed with with wondering where it came from and uh, finding out where it lived that I I brought my friends out and home your hunting but we were really looking for this and they didn't help you know 
that I was putting them in danger. It was it was crazy until I I, I was like, man, okay, that's probably the only one. After ten years of looking, it's got to be the only one. Until I moved to Dun- like this place, uh, way closer to my first sighting, where they have legends of them. Well, at least you feel bad about it. Heck, we know people who go out and take their family out looking for these things, and and th- they don't even care about their own family's safety and yeah. well-being. I mean, it's pretty sad, yeah. but I mean, that's that and, that happens. And coming to grip with uh, knowing that they're almost unstoppable, uh, it, it it changed uh, my way of uh, living. Like, I'm not living to find these things anymore. Um, I'm living to, to live a normal life, you know? Yeah. What are your plans for the future? Are you planning on trying to find this still? Or you, do you have people to help you? Or are you just going to let it go and just hope for the best that they don't come back around? Or what I mean, What do you think is going to happen? Well, we're still, we're still doing our night drives. Yeah. And we are... Definitely looking for Bigfoot, but if we see a dog, man, I'm going to try to get it on video. And, you know, uh, whatever happens, happens. It's, we're not going to quit uh, what we like to do, and uh, we're just seeing wildlife at night, and these things are just showing up with the wildlife. I would say this. Don't put yourself in danger to get a video because it's not going to help. A lot of times people are going to look at that and go, fake, fake. You could literally risk your life or it could be killing you and they find the camera footage and then they'll just say, oh, it's a it's a fake. It's a documentary yeah. fake. You know, It doesn't matter nowadays because, because they have so many uh, AI. AI has just ruined so much. There's people using fake yeah. AI stories. That and CGI. CGI. And it's just fake. It's all fake. And then you can't. And, and so, yeah, anybody see somebody real, something real, they don't believe it. What really sucks about um, trying to get these things on camera is they move so fast. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's so, uh, oh, man, I don't know how we'd be able to get them. Because they they know they can smell the plastic in, in your cameras out there in your game cams. I mean, these people that are going out looking for Bigfoot and putting on game cams, they can smell that. They know that stuff's out there. When you go knocking, they know you're there. They're not going to show up. It's it's like you're never going to find them because everything you've been taught um, is wrong. You have to go out there in silence. And maybe pray and and maybe, you know, just get in touch with nature and then they show up. Well, is there anything else you wanted to close so we can close? Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about or say before we close this out? No, that's that's about it. Well, it was definitely good talking to you guys. Um, thank you for giving us your information. Yeah, guys. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. The, the, the audience, you, I'm sure, like this a lot, and, and I appreciate you bringing your stories to me. I know that you were apprehensive, and folks, I had to kind of talk Craig into doing it, but you wanted to do it, and then it was kind of like you kind of didn't, but um, I really thought that it needed to come from you. As Understandable. Being, you know, Ojibwe native, it would hold a lot of weight, you know. It just, uh, it's something that people don't talk about around here, you know, and it's like, well, if you do, uh, you're singled out. Yeah, you're looked badly upon. Yes. Well, we all come from cultures. Tony, you're Vietnamese. Anthony and me are Hispanic, and you guys are are native. And when you are cultures, like Anthony said earlier, we were raised not to be talking about it a lot because if you do, then you bring it up, and it's like, why would you do yes. that? You know, it's the that's why I want. You know? That's why I wanted to do it while we were driving. I did not want to talk about it at our house or sitting stationary. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, get it. It, it's, it's. Oh God, I don't know, man. You guys are getting down to the bottom of, of the real deal. So I can't wait until we get enough information on these things to, to know, you know, to be safe. 
Well, you guys, and when we do our next conference, I hope that you guys come down and, and make the trip. It would be very uh, nice to have you guys that'd be, here. That'd be cool to yeah. see other people and hear other experiences. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We definitely want you there. We'll be in touch, Craig. And uh, you guys, don't be a stranger. And, and if you if you're in the chat or something, say hi. Or if you're coming to the live stream, and and uh, you know, if you guys have anybody, anything you want to say or, or whatever, or pose a question, and we could start a debate. We like to talk about that on the show and the live streams and. We 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 do a lot of work on the live streams, and um, anyways, folks, that's all the time we have for tonight for Paranormal Roundtable. Thank you for tuning in, uh, Craig Bri- Brian. How you, is that how you say your name, Bryn? Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, and uh, your wife? Does she want to say any closing words or? No. No. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. She's like, no, I don't like this discussion. I'm done with it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go home and go to bed. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for for listening. And thank you, everybody who tuned in tonight. And thank you from everybody here at Paranormal Roundtable. Myself, Anthony. We're all uh, here. If you need us, message us. Hit us up on email, or you can reach out to any one of us. Where, where, how can they find you, Mushu? I know you got. You can find me at email. Uh, it, it would be prtmushu at gmail.com, and you'll find me uh, on the same on my Instagram and Facebook. He works a lot, but he doesn't do nothing. So he's out there. I work on myself a lot. He's doing self improvement out there, playing video games at own post. But... He's improving his thumb strength. Yeah. <laughs> All right, it. folks. All right, we'll see you guys. Good night.